And now, it's the Florida Spectacular Podcast, hosted by Kathy Celestri. Find Kathy on Twitter and Instagram at Kathy Celestri, C-A-T-H-Y-S-A-L-U-S-T-R-I, on Facebook at Celestri Kathy, and visit her website, greatfloridaroadtrip.com. Now, discover a Florida you never knew existed. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Florida Spectacular. I am your host, Kathy Celestri, and joining me today is Lou Vickers. Um, Lou is uh, very well known in Florida circles for her amazing work with the Wikiwachi Mermaids and, and some of her incredible books. Thanks for being here, Lou. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. So now, before before we started recording the podcast, uh, or earlier today in an email, you said you were going to be grading some papers. Uh, where where are you an instructor? I teach at Tallahassee Community College, and I teach usually I teach uh, you know freshman composition and uh, creative writing and also African American literature. Wow! Yeah. So you kind of get you kind of get everything in there. Yeah, it's a mix. Um, and each and each class brings a different you know different group you know different different students you know each group. Yes, I, I still remember my community college creative writing professor very fondly. It was it was mm-hmm. a fantastic. I'm a big fan of community colleges. Um, yeah, yeah, I love teaching here. So not why we asked you to be here today. I, I actually uh, wanted to talk a little bit because you're going to be in Orlando next month uh, talking about your work. But I've always wanted to meet you. Actually, I, I have your book, well, the Wikiwachi book, and I've always wanted to just talk to you a little bit more about. What drew you to the Wikiwachi mermaids, and what what drew you to, uh, in particular, Wikiwachi? Well, a story I tell because it's what happened um, was that I grew up in North Florida in Chattahoochee, which is a little town, um, which is famous for the Florida Mental Hospital. And uh, my mom worked there, and my dad worked for the Corps of Engineers out on Lake Seminole. And uh, they had four kids, including me. And so we didn't have a lot of money to go places. So we kind of stayed in the North Florida area. But I remember um, I remember seeing a billboard for Wikiwachi and uh, being fascinated by this mermaid. And so I kind of, I guess my creative impulses got started when I was pretty young, you know, making up stories about things. And so... Uh, when we got back home, we would go swimming at Lake Seminole, and my sister and I would pretend to be, you know, wiki-watchy mermaids. And so that kind of piqued my interest in it. And uh, so then when I grew up and became a writer and was actually going to Florida State in the creative writing program, I started working on a novel um, that was going to be about a mermaid. And uh, so I'd never been to wiki-watchy, so I had to go to do research. And the day that I went, there was a group of older mermaids performing as part of this uh, program called Tales of Yesteryear. And so they were the former mermaids and they had started performing at one of the reunion shows. And then it was so popular that they kept going. And so I met Mary Darlington and her brother Ed Darlington and they took me under their wing and um, introduced me to all these mermaids. And I ended up writing an article about it. And then uh, that just snowballed into um, the nonfiction book, and I put my novel on the side. So that's how I got into Florida history writing, was just 
meeting these amazing people and being taken with their true story. So that's how I got into it. That's uh, that's <clears throat> that's fascinating. Um, let's go back because you said you swam in Lake Seminole. Um, I understand that I grew up on uh, the salt water, but I, anybody who will swim in a Florida lake is very brave indeed. Um, we just spent some time up at Three Rivers State Park, and that's really a, a beautiful, beautiful area to to grow up in. I'm very fortunate. Um, but you uh, didn't. You said you wanted to play at being a mermaid with your sister in the river, but then, or in the, in the, in the lake, but then it doesn't sound like it wasn't that long ago that you went to Wikibachi for the first time. How long have they been doing well, those legacy was, shows? Well, it was a long, they've been doing them since, I'm not sure the first one they did, but, um, you know, of course I'm terrible with dates, but I have a photograph of me and na- me with Mary Darlington Fletcher and her brother, and my son, who's now 22, is about two years old in the picture. So it's been a long time, um, 20 years or more, the first time I went down there. And so, they, so. I, I think they started doing them, I want to say maybe 97 or something. Um, and so they started doing those shows. They did it at a reunion, and then they were just so popular. The older mermaids, and I'm talking 70s, people in their 70s, you know, from 50 to 80, pretty much. Um, swimming out there doing these shows so that that was really fascinating to me and Mary Darlington was one of the very first if not the first mermaid down there she was a teenager and she got started and so she had these plus she's funny as hell but she had these amazing stories and her brother Ed too they did they were amazing you know to talk to so I have been fortunate enough to interview a couple of the the former mermaids and um, her name her name escapes me right now but she's a little tiny tiny lady and she swam with elvis and she still lives on the river do you do you remember her name off the top probably of my amelia, head probably amelia smith i don't i i like i said i don't remember but she just you, you the point that i want to make is that when you talk to these uh legacy mermaids these retired mermaids or as one of them once referred to them to me as a grandma mermaid although i'm not sure they all love that that moniker uh just the enduring love of the water and being a mermaid and just kind of something that stays with them i think yeah that's something that um they all talked about and and some of them you know it was really poignant in a way because being in that water you know, like some of them told me they'd love to get in that water because it was so quiet underneath, the silence, and, and they felt like they were floating or flying. Um, and there's a saying, once a mermaid, always the mermaid. And so when they got a chance to come back and perform those shows, they they took they took advantage of it and came back. So it was it was always um super important to them. And another thing that a lot of people may not realize is how difficult it is to stay underwater like that. They don't have weights or anything like that when they're performing. They're literally using their uh, breath control to stay under the water while they're performing a show. So they're really good athletes. I um, I have a colleague who kind of scoffs at Wikiwachi whenever I mention it. And I said, you know, you try it. You think it, you think it's, you know, this is of course someone who's from North. And came down here and uh, I said, you, you, you try it. I said, it's, they're incredible athletes. I could not agree with you more, Lou. And I also know, cause I have kayaked down the Wikiwachi River 
And I know what that current is like, and I know where that current is coming from. And it's coming right from the spring where they're performing. Um, I would love to think I could do it, but I think I am not nearly physically fit enough to be a mermaid. They're, they're just so impressive to me. And I know to other people too, they're, they're a sort of magic. Um, now when you wrote the book, what was well, the first book, Leaky Wachee, uh, 30 years, what, what was that like? What was the, pro- were they welcoming? Did they want to talk to you? How did you get in touch with somebody who would even let you talk to them and give you all the names? It couldn't have been easy to find the mermaids. Right. Well, the, the first book was the city of mermaids, but Mary and Mary and Ed, they introduced me to quite a few of the mermaids who were performing. And then, you know, someone had a list because, you know, they, they kept the mermaids' names on a list so you could call them and let them know what was going on in terms of shows and stuff. And so I tracked down as many as I could, um, you know, and interviewed them. And, and a lot of times traveled to where they lived so I could do a personal interview face-to-face. So 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 that wasn't that difficult to find. Um you know, it was, and also another really positive thing about that was a lot of them kept scrapbooks. So they would have photos uh, that they had saved or take, you know, photos that were made of them because photography was a really big part of, you know, getting the word out about Wiki Wachi. They had a, a photographer named Sparky Shoemaker and they had a couple other photographers as well that were taking these photos to put in the newspapers. So um, there were a couple of interviews I did conduct on the phone with people like I interviewed Rico Browning. Um, he was a guy that doubled in the creature from the black lagoon. He had worked down there. And so I, we did a telephone conversation. So basically my, all my record, all my conversations were recorded and then, you know, transcribing them onto paper and typing them up and everything. And, and, um, you know, going back and forth, most of the mermaids were very forthcoming. They wanted, you know, they were happy to talk to me. So I felt very welcomed by by them, you know, into their little circle. I have met probably a fraction of the mermaids you have. And and I do tend to agree with you that they are very welcoming, especially when someone's excited about what they do. And, uh, you know, we also chatted a little bit. You talk about the pictures. And did you use Florida Memory, the, the State Archives website and any of that? Was that a as big of a force when you wrote the book as it is now for finding historic photos? Well, it, it, it was helpful, but most of the photos that I used came from scrapbooks that the mermaids had. Um, Bonnie Georgiatis, who worked with me on the second book, um, she had a huge collection of photos. There was a mermaid named um, Benita, and she had basically, when Wiki Wachi changed hands one time and it got sold, they were throwing things out. And she collected a lot of things that were headed to the garbage can, a lot of photos and uh, other kinds of memorabilia. Uh, Ginger Stanley, who also did Creature, she, had a, she has an amazing collection of photographs. And Nancy Tribble, who, lives, who did live here in Tallahassee, she passed away a while back, but she had an amazing uh, scrapbook. And she donated her scrapbook to the uh, Florida Archives. And Ginger, I was just down in Orlando and I ran by to say hi to Ginger. I was surprised she, she let me in, you know, with COVID and everything. But um, I just popped in on her because I was dropping my granddaughter off at the airport. And I realized I'm in Ginger's neighborhood, you know. Um, Ginger's going to be 90 next month. or I mean, 90 in December. 
And uh, she was talking to me about uh, the possibility of donating her archive to the Florida Memory Project. So I'll put her in touch with the archives and hope, you know, and hope that she does do that because it's a great resource, you know. I I think it's a wonderful repository for Florida's history. And I mean, you said something just now that I wince at, and I know it happens in a lot of places. Uh, they were going to throw so much out. Uh, oftentimes places like this maybe don't have the best sense of their history. Uh, I'll tell you, Lou, one of the last things I did as far as traveling before we went into lockdown in 2020 is I drove up. Well, for me, it was up because I live in the Gulfport, Florida area. I drove up to Wikiwachi. And um, what I did was talk to John Athenson, who has since left. He is at uh, another area. He's left the park. But he, I think, as you know, was kind of the marketing guy there for a long time. And he told me that they have the old mermaid cottages. Now, for those of you listening who maybe never really spent that much time at Wikiwachi, they have these old cottages that are kind of offset from everything else that they used to call the mermaid cottages. And one of them, it's just this little tiny house has all the archives and all the history and they're desperately looking for somebody to come up to Wikiwachi or over and work as their historian. But I don't think they really have a huge budget for it. And it's kind of just been this fantasy project where they've been just kind of shoving their records and things like that so that maybe one day they can preserve the history. Uh, it would make sense to me that this would almost be the sort of thing you would want to go to the Florida archives. Uh, such a huge part of Florida's culture. Mm-hmm. I was aware that they were collecting, you know, Bonnie, some of the mermaids like Bonnie um, were working, you know, trying to pull things together. But the problem with archives, you know, they have to be stored properly in order not to disintegrate, you know. And so, I mean, I, I know Wikiwatchy is collecting material um, and I'm not sure. I mean, ideally, I think it would go to the archives because that's a kind of a center, you know, and uh, they know how to preserve everything from film to to photos and and plus they digitize a lot of it so it makes it easy for people to look at it online you know so that's a, a positive thing about the archives yeah i think um you're right you're absolutely right a lot of people don't realize when it comes to preserving history that maybe the same way we would do it in our own home pre the digital age of course uh isn't the best way uh like those old uh i had somebody i'm president of a historical society down in the area I live in. And I had somebody come in with this wonderful photo album and they had all these great photos, but it had the plastic and it had the sticky back. I know they were so popular and you couldn't even lift the plastic off without ruining all the photos. And I just shudder to think of what might've actually happened to some of the things that are just being uh, in hopes of preserving tossed into that shed and you know heaven forbid what happens if they get any kind of storm or tornado or flood or anything like that so it's it's hopefully something that we'll see happen in our lifetime as this the state will come in and um, start helping with that that brings up a memory from cypress gardens when i was working on that project and they had an archive because dick pope had 25 photographers out there at one point or something like that it was a massive amount it may not be 25 but he had a lot of photographers and he had this massive archives with those four by five i guess four by five something like that negatives uh, a hurricane two two or three hurricanes came through there and just destroyed part of that building so when i went in there um you could just smell the film deteriorating, uh-huh. and it was 
a lot of it is preserved. I think since they did something with the collection, I can't remember exactly what happened to it. Um, and there's someone that's digitizing it and putting it online too, but I don't know that it went to the Florida archives, but, but that's a good example of how even the best intentions, you know, um, with a hurricane or something like that can destroy uh, the building where the archive is. So it's nice to have them in, in the state archives because I don't think that building's going to blow down. Well, I think that they also, uh, you know, hiring archivists is not really something that's in the budget for a lot of these places. So hiring an archivist, somebody who's trained in preservation, and then the means to preserve. Uh, it's definitely you know, not a simple thing to do. So hopefully I'd like to see it too. Uh, how did you feel when the state took over WikiWatch? I mean, you have such a rich background. How did you feel when the state came in and said, uh, you're going to be a state park now? You feel well, like that was a little was, piece of history going away or do you feel like it was good? No, I think it's a good thing because what was happening is, you know, WikiWatchy was in its heyday, it was owned by ABC, okay, in its heyday. ABC owned it, and then they sold it. It got sold to this company. I think it was something called Acquisition, something or another. Um, and they treated the mermaids badly. Um, and then it got sold. It was in a it was in disarray because the, some of the buildings had been damaged. So there were problems with it. And so they had, the, at one point, the mermaids had the Save Our Tales campaign because, you know. It was, I, re I remember that, yes. Yeah, it was really floundering. And so you know, we weren't sure what was going to happen uh, to it. And so the state came in and, of course, they did restoration. They working on the spring itself because the spring itself is um, gets polluted from all the golf course fertilizers and all that stuff. All that runoff goes into all our springs and it causes problems. So they're working on fixing that. And then you have the theater itself. You know, they went in and the roof had been covered. They have a beautiful clamshell roof and they undid, they fixed that, you know, revealed that. And apparently they worked on, um, you know, you know, revealing the, the tile that's in there. There's a really beautiful mosaic tile thing going on inside. So they, yes. you know, they fixed things. And, um, and I think it's a good, good thing to stay on it, you know. I think it's probably the only thing that saved the attraction of course i remember going there in the 80s as a young girl when uh, i always tell people that when i was a kid we had three annual field trips we had to do because my dad had three brothers and they came down every year and we went to silver springs homosassa springs and wikiwachi and so i have very good memories of of the park and then going back uh, probably in my my late teens it was very clear that something had started to change so i was glad to see somebody come in and say, you know, well, we're going to we're going to protect this. We're going to preserve this. And, you know, I don't think the state did it because they had any fond experiences, the mermaids. I think they did it because of the spring. You know, the, the DEP is who runs our state park system, not right, right. cultural resources. But I don't care. I'm still glad it happened. Um, but yeah. I know that it's a change. And you know, mermaids on the state payroll has raised eyebrows with a lot of people. But, well, they're 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 um, they're iconic. You know, they're iconic. They, figures in the state and even though you know maybe they don't have lines out the door like they did in the 60s they're still icons and they always they always will be and so uh, we're lucky to have mermaids on the state payroll oh no i agree i always <laughs> think about the idea that we have oranges on our license plates but mm -hmm. oranges aren't native uh we should probably have a mermaid on our license plate instead i think more people 
to get behind it. Uh, I think mermaids are, are one of the things you think of when you think of Florida. I mean, Newt Perry, he did it. He did it first. It's all over the country now, right? We have mermaids in so many states. There's the mermaid convention. There's all this, but it was, it was Newt Perry showing up at a spring and dragging refrigerators and debris out of it and saying, "I think I can, yeah. I can, I can let people give me money for the privilege of believing in a fantasy, even if it's just for 20 minutes." It's right. very unique to Florida. Yeah, so. you know, and Newt Perry got his start at Silver Springs in the 20s, and they were doing underwater craziness there in the 20s all the way up and then he uh, after he did that he went to um to, to north florida he came to wakala springs and that's how i knew about him and that's how i got interested in the story because he was up here at wakala springs and uh they were doing underwater newsreels and he trained all these teenagers and two of the teenagers he trained were rico browning and nancy Tribble. and rico ends up you know becoming a filmmaker and Right and Flipper and doubling for the creature from the Black Lagoon. So Newt Perry totally had a hand in um, a lot of a lot of the Florida stuff, and and also inspiring, um, you know, people like Rico Browning to to be in the film industry and stuff. And and I got him uh, nominated. I I got Rico Browning into the Florida Artist Hall of Fame where he belongs for his work that he did in film and uh, in Florida stuff. You know. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, these are people you're talking about, some of our icons, definitely. And um, it's uh, Newt Perry. I saw some pictures he did for a Red Cross uh-huh. swimming safety booklet. He was a looker. He, yeah. he was quite a trim, handsome young man. Kind of yeah. sorry I never got to know him, to be honest with you. But I think he's probably a little little before my time, unfortunately. Did you, you didn't meet him, did you? No, he had passed away, I think, in 87. Um, but I got to meet his daughter. And he has two daughters. I met the first one when I was doing the first book, and then I met the second one. I drove up, actually drove up to Tennessee to talk to her. And uh, she was, she lived with him at Wakala Springs, and she had these amazing photos from up there. But, and she had some photos of herself at WikiWatch, as did uh, Delee, the daughter who still lives in um, Ocala and still runs a swim school that he started, you know, back in the day. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't cool. realize it was still in existence. Yeah, the, they still have his, his swim school going. You are going to be at the Orlando is it the Regional History Center. Is that where you're going to be in November? Well, and you're going to be chatting about I think all these things, do, right? I think, we're, yeah, we're doing it, but I think it's going to be on Zoom. Oh, is it via Zoom? So everybody will be able to do it. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they switched it over, but I better I better double check. But I'm pretty sure they switched it to zoom and i don't know if they'll switch it back well uh i certainly will give uh obviously information about your books in our show notes and we will include information about your november 2021 event in orlando so people can come come hear you speak uh, you know, thank you so much, Lou, for being here. I really just admire your passion about uh, Florida's mermaids and some of the icons you talked about. I think it's great. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. And uh, please, please uh, keep us in mind if you have any more books on the way. How's your mermaid book coming? Did you ever go well, back to the fiction? Yeah, you know, my fiction thing, I did win a National Endowment for the Arts for an excerpt from that, but between teaching and then writing other books, like I wrote 
I've, I've just got into Florida history stuff, so it's been hard to get back to my novel between teaching and, you know, summer stuff and all that, you know. Um, one day I'll finish it, <laughs> you know, someday. Yeah, I do. I, well, I would want to read it, definitely. I think that would be great. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. As I said, thank you so much. And I look forward to, uh, if it's on Zoom, being able to Zoom into the November talk at the Orlando or the Orange County Regional History Center. Um, I've been your host, Kathy Celestri. Our guest today was Lou Vickers. Please check out our show notes to find out more about her amazing books about Wikiwachi, Cypress Gardens, and a couple of other pretty great underwater books. We'll see you next time on the Florida Spectacular. <laughs>